0: Live for my dogs, die for my dogs. Ride for my dogs, live for my dogs, die for my dogs. Because it's. Because it's. Home for the holidays. My friend pulled me to the side like, did you hear about Marcus? R. Marcus? Yeah, R. Marcus bunch of girls say he raped him in the back of some Target They say he drove him back there in his car And then he parked it and the rest is even darker Wait, which Marcus? Cause it can't be, yes, our Marcus The same Marcus we collected Pokemon cards with The one with perfect grades that has family in New Orleans Yes, that Marcus, he's got seven rape charges Ride for my dogs, lie for my dogs, die for my dogs Ride for my dogs, lie for my dogs, die for, for my dogs,
1: because it's, because
2: it's, yes, you are listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Welcome to our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and no, I did not play this song. This was Tom's choice You're on Tom
0: This is a guy named Jack Harlow This is a guy from Louisville, Kentucky He's got 6.5 million followers on Instagram My son told me about him And he's a rapper um, This is a guy that is is, is really blowing up And You know, Louisville has produced some pretty good musicians um, over the years. Uh, there's There's a group called My Morning Jacket that's from Louisville, and they have been big time. And this guy, he's talking about what happens in today's world. They're friends that they knew and they played with. And the guys get in trouble and they just disappear. And he's talking about his buddies. He, he's, he's a poet in a sense. Like a, really, rappers are like the beat poets from San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, almost like you never were here. That's the thing about that and 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 anyway that's Jack Harlow and he's he's turned into a big deal and you know I listen to what my kids are listening to find the torture you're comfortable with I have a lot of unread books on my Kindle my reading process involves a tight stop loss if I'm just not into something that leaves a lot of books I own that will never get finished oh well no reason to cry over sunk costs but I will add this. If he'd bought the physical copy, he could sell them on eight books. But there are other <laughs> books I can occasionally return and read little snippets or chapters. Jerry Steinfield's Is This Anything is one of those books. Steinfield Seinfeld has kept notebooks uh, filled with all his jokes over the decades, decided to put them into a single book. Uh, here's one of them. My favorite, well, that's a, You can't read the thing because it's on a video. It doesn't say the joke. All right, so I don't know what the joke is. Anyway, go ahead. Why did you want this thing to begin with? All right,
3: so I like articles that you know are all warm and fuzzy you know just yeah. find the torture you're comfortable with it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy lovely. right lovely now here's here's his point uh, so jerry seinfeld he was on a uh, on the show with howard stern and uh one of seinfeld's uh responses to a question your blessings in life is when you find the torture that you're comfortable with now what he's talking about is comedy you know, every day he's looking at life and trying to think up jokes. This book that Seinfeld wrote is just all the jokes that he's come up with over the years. And they say that's what he does every day, just living life, observing people, trying to come up with jokes. Um, and, you know, Stern says, you oh, know, that's a tortured existence. And that's when he says, well, you find a torture you're comfortable with. This. This statement applies to investing. This is an article by Ben Carlson. Uh, It's a blog, Wealth of Common Sense. Uh, A lot of good stuff on the blog. Um, But here's the point there is no perfect asset allocation, investment, investment product that makes you feel warm and fuzzy all the time. Investing, by its nature, You're going to feel uncomfortable, discouraged, concerned. You're going to feel elation. You're going to feel all the, and everything in between at some point in time. A lot of people, they try to jump around. Uh, You know, maybe it's timing the market, uh, picking whatever the hot thing is. Well, after it's the hot thing, the hot thing is run up, and then they end up buying high and selling low. So they're always chasing returns. Um, The most important thing in investing, big picture, big picture, is the process. Find a process that you're comfortable with because inevitably there's going to be times when whatever you're investing in isn't working. Mike, you
1: sound like a A sports coach right there. That's what all the football coaches, basketball coaches tell their players. It's you've got to learn to love the grind, learn to love the process.
3: Right, right. Yeah. Because let's, you know, just throwing out just some broad terms, you know, uh, investing styles, Uh, let's say it's a a growth portfolio, growth investing. Uh, Growth investing is finding the up and coming hot stocks. Uh, It's all about price buying something and you're hoping the price goes up for whatever reason, speculation. Well, if you're 100% invested in growth, what's the trade-off? More volatility. So in a volatile market, you're going to hate that growth portfolio. Right. In an up market, you're going to love it. It's great. Wonderful. Value investing. That's what we tend towards. Value investing is trying to find good companies with more repeatable, more mature businesses at reasonable valuations. Well, when growth investing is hot, value investing doesn't feel too good. Oh, it's horrible. Um, Income investing. We lean, like I said, more value. We're also more income oriented. Income investing, when growth's rocking and rolling, income investing doesn't feel fun either. Right. But with everything, there's pros and cons, just like with life, it's all about a balancing act. Now, you as the investor, you have to understand the process because that's how you get comfortable in the portfolio. That's how you take a step back and not look at the day-to-day market gyrations. You know, on any given day, there's going to be something that's going on in the market. It could be you know, recently, you know, all the stuff with the banks, you know, the, the debt ceiling, all just the constant barrage of information. It's always going to be there. Um, if you understand the investment process that helps you be more comfortable when inevitably things get rocky in the markets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Embrace, and volatility. embrace volatility and learn to profit from it. I mean, it's going to come whether you like it or not. And when you say learn to profit from it, I was actually quoting something. Uh, I was trying to find the source while Mike was saying it. I'm sorry. But the uh, reality is you're going to have volatility and your investment strategy. The people that are chasing the hot ideas or chasing the next investment style don't have confidence in their investment style they're they're pursuing right now or they don't have one and if you have something that's based on fundamentals uh, whether it be value or growth if you know what it is and what it isn't and what to expect in these different markets like Mike was explaining I mean that helps you have confidence in your investment strategy and that's something that uh, that you learn over time I think as an investor you don't uh, maybe start off with that but you realize you're not always going to be in the right environment for your strategy to work, but if you stick with it over time, it will work. You hope. Oh, it will. You just need a little more time if it's not working yet. Well, and it goes, you know, let's look at the, the
3: other extreme, uh, something, you know, an all bond uh, portfolio. You know, you have all growth versus all bonds, fixed income. Um, in rising rates, 2022 was not a fun year to have all fixed income because of rates going up. Double-digit losses. That's right. right. When you ever see that in bonds? Plus inflation. Uh, And so inevitably, there's going to be a time when whatever you're invested in is not feeling good. And one of the ways to be able to take a step back from that is understanding what you own, understanding the investment process. Um, one of the big components of our portfolio is income, the dividends, right? Dividends there, while they're not guaranteed, they do tend to be much more consistent. And our clients, many of whom are taking distributions from the portfolio, they need a regular source of income. And that's where the dividend comes into play. Um, and it's building a portfolio with companies in various businesses, uh, various sectors of the economy, right. um, and trying to diversify. Um, risk, you know, everybody, you know, defines risk typically as volatility, ups and downs. Um, risk never goes away. And I like, I like uh, Ben Carlson's uh, line here, risk never really goes away just sort of changes shape depending on your stance. Uh, Every asset allocation leads to a tortured existence at some point, depending on the environment. Risk could be volatility. Risk could be um, sequence of return risk. It could be lack of growth, you know, inflation risk. Um, And each one of these, there's a different investment approach for. What we're trying to do is solve the problem of retirement investing, you know, retirement income, people generating something from their portfolio.
1: Mike, you said we're trying to solve a problem, and that's a great way to think about it, it, the way investors should think about it. Where's your pain point? uh, Where's the problem? Uh, How can we solve it, or how can it be solved? Well, one of
0: the things that I'm talking about on these uh, ads
1: most people have no
0: idea how they're going to turn a growth portfolio into an income portfolio. They don't even think about it. The other thing they don't really think about is uh, what's it going to be like when you're not putting money in and, but you're taking money out? Well, that's the same thing as changing it to an income portfolio. We do have a plan for how to do that. Now, <coughs> nothing ever works all the time. And so we're we're not immune to not working at times because <coughs> it's not the nature of markets to go up all the time. It's the nature of markets to blow cold. And when they blow cold, humans are only so big. And we are built in such a way that our emotions can be dominated by events. And we can feel like that life is getting closed in on us and that things are not working the way we would like to see them work. That is when it's incumbent upon us to take a bigger view of things. We have to look longer out and see where we could be you know, down the road. And you will invest in things at times, and, and then you'll see them not do well. And you've got to deal with that because that is something that's unpleasant. But it's not always the last chapter. It's, you know, it's better to be adrift with a plan than to be adrift without a plan. If you have no plan, you're truly a victim of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's all you are at that point. You're just being victimized by your own circumstances. Well,
3: the other thing, too, um, I I like these charts, I mean, they've been around, I mean, as long as I've been in it, I and mean, they've been around for decades. The The color blocks that show various sectors of the market, you know, the top will be the best performing and the lowest will be the worst performing. And you're looking at this checkered graph over however many years, and you just see the colors just bouncing around just all over the place. And it's just, it's talking about the volatility of the various sectors. Um when you have a diversified portfolio, what that guarantees you, you will underperform whatever the best performing asset yeah, no, class is. No, no, no. Is. Say, say that again, Mike, because I yeah, think that's that a good point. Really, yeah. When, when, you, when you have a diversified portfolio, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed to underperform whatever the best performing asset class is. Yep. Now, that could the best asset class at that time could be or if you have some of the money in cash which we do exactly
0: because you know we we've got some stuff and
3: and that's what a lot of people miss um uh, because it's so easy to look at the S&P 500 the Nasdaq the Dow Jones the Russell whatever index you want to throw out there well if if your return was exactly the S&P 500 and it has been for several years call us, <laughs> you might have problems because you're, you might not be invested properly for where you are in life.
2: And that number is 859 <laughs> 233 Yeah. No, it,
3: it, you, what, what that means, you might not be diversified properly for where you are in life. You might not have any bonds. You might not have much in the way of emerging markets or international. And we can take this a step further and look at individual companies in those sectors. Right, But from a big picture standpoint, if you're properly diversified, diversification is designed to reduce risk, reduce volatility, be prudent. Um, that's what the whole purpose of a diversified portfolio. And that's what you got to focus on especially as you get closer to and into retirement.
1: Well, I think you've got to also take a look at the fact that most people are trained by the media by people talking about it at cocktail parties or just wherever they they look at their performance uh, of their their portfolio and compare it to what is basically an accumulation strategy. And there isn't really a standard S&P 500 type benchmark that's a true measure of a, of a retiree that's focused on income. I mean, there's the 60-40 blended portfolio uh, that uh, there are articles last year when bonds were underperforming by double or declining by double digits that that uh, said that 60-40 investing was dead. I don't think it's dead. It's just out of favor. I think that's mm-hmm. a good example of of uh, how that can, can fall out of favor, but it doesn't mean it's broken. But on that, I mean, you have to reprogram yourself if you're focused more on Current income and decumulation to not be fooled by looking at that S and P five hundred index, which is by its nature much more volatile. The return, the outcomes are going to be much broader over time uh, than with a a income-oriented portfolio like a retiree or even a near retiree would want to focus on. The other thing you have to remember is there is human capital as well as uh, as uh, money, Mm -hmm. and you have both of those when you are young. You have no money typically, but you have lots of human capital, lots of years right. to earn money and lots of time for uh, the power of compounding to, to uh, help you. But when you get older, you run out of the human capital or at least it gets low. Your, your bank, your reservoir gets low, but you hopefully have accumulated some capital at that point and your priorities have to shift to where you're taking risk is uh, much more damaging. You don't have time to recover for it uh, from it. We talk about sequence sequence risk as well, where if it goes badly the first year or two in retirement, it really changes the outcome of your of your the remainder of your life. So you have to be more cautious uh, if if you want to not run out of money when you get older. You can't you can't just look at the S and P five hundred or growth stocks or you know whatever the the hottest trend might be Bitcoin. And, and think that's what you need to be invested in. I think gold's the hottest trend right now. If you listen to the radio ads in the <laughs> mornings, absolutely, everybody's talking about it. Um, so
3: investment process, that's one way. The other part of that is the financial planning part of it. Uh, because what financial planning forces you to do is to take a step back and look out long-term. Uh, getting ready to go into a meeting um, that we're discussing that, you know, long term, you know, we're looking out 30 plus years, 40 years on various things that you can control. Financial planning is about controlling what you can control, be it spending, be it social security, when you take it, pensions, all that So you have the investment side. What can you control with the investment? You can control your selection. You can control your allocation. You can control what types of things you invest in on the financial planning. You can control your behavior. And those things, those two things combined is what comes out, you know, leads to more successful financial results. You got it.
1: The one size doesn't fit all. Everyone is custom, and they have people have different circumstances to consider, different goals for uh, what to do with their money when they're not here. I mean, you have to. You, that's just not cookie cutter.
3: Right. Right.
2: All right, guys, you got another minute and a half, right. but I will start. Uh, Can we listen to more Chad, Jack Harlow? <laughs> Chad's
0: drinking a new kind of energy drink. It's called Celsius. No calories. <laughs>
1: Our but good friend Adarsh Mashru owns shares in Celsius, so <laughs> that's why I'm <laughs> there get to help him out. Cheers! So much, cheers. So cheers, much for Adarsh. confidentiality. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sorry,
1: Adarsh, if if I made a mistake by, by telling people that, uh, I apologize. Sell the stock, right? <laughs> chance oh buying it. Yeah, it's going to spike because I'm drinking Celsius yeah. now. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Obviously, nothing we discuss is a recommendation yeah, no, to no, buy or no.
2: sell <laughs> anything. Or trying out Celsius. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Please consult your financial professional. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) professional. professional (laughs) or dietitian
1: yes yeah Yeah. oh
2: dear lord you all that's what happens when we have an extra (laughs) minute left i was going to say something positive like we are going to do a financial planning series right so that is going to be coming up on the tom dupree show in the near future as soon as we can very soon rein in all of the talent that's involved Here we go again with that song, Tom. I just don't know. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host Tom Dupree, whose music is usually pretty good. Don't know about this. We'll be back in just a A few minutes with more of the Financial Hour. If you want to come see us, we'll take a look at your portfolio. Make sure your objectives are aligned. 859-233-0400. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more.
3: Almost like you never were here Unconditional love becomes very conditioned When push comes to shove And all that talk of taking bullets Suddenly feels foolish Pictures with a
0: My name is Tom Depree. Rarely in my time in the investment business Have I seen the kind of opportunity I see today I'm talking about interest rates Which I believe will be going significantly lower In the next 18 months I believe it's time to lock in longer-term rates now. Short-term rates on money market funds, bank accounts, and CDs can drop dramatically when rates begin to decline. Don't be lulled into complacency. It's time to invest to establish your yields for the long haul. At the Financial Group, we specialize in retirement investing. Let us help you by calling 859 859- 2330400 and setting up a complimentary meeting with us to examine your investment portfolio. Listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com.
1: Okay, why don't we shoot? He's offset. I've got the slate.
0: Name that song, Chad. Uh, You're taking too long.
1: I am taking too long. I lose. 80s. It'll come to me in a second. A little too slow today. The
0: group is Wang Chung. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. It's not that song. (laughs)
1: That's
0: what they're known for. It was a movie by the yeah, same from less, name. Yeah, it
1: Less Than Zero. Nope. Nope. Close. Come on. I know I'm letting you down today, Tom. Mike. Nope. All right. Well, you got on this. One. You got to get to the chorus.
2: I got got it. It. But it took you because a minute and I a half. I needed about
1: <laughs> Good Lord. half a second before they said it.
2: All right. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our that host, Tom m- Dupree. Yep. And we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Movie
0: with uh, Willem Dafoe. I'd say this probably came out 85 maybe. Sounds right A- at the time i'll be honest with you los angeles was the hottest place in the world to move to it was it had surpassed houston by then and everybody i knew was wanting to move to L- la uh, 1985 you nailed yeah, it yeah i like this part but, turned up that's a hell of a song, and it's kind of a B B B class movie. It's it's not, it isn't that great of a movie. It's it's not really that good. But these the, song choices I don't this know it's hour. an eighty six percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it may have been starting to come back into its own. So, you know, there was this L.A. genre of music right then. And um, the Bengals, right? Well, you had, yeah, you had them and... uh, Come on, Mike, chip in here. You you, you also had... uh, (laughs) I'm an early 80s model. (laughs) You you had this song. um, Well, let's find it. Um, Hold on. And it was got to be, uh, it was kind of banned in England, um, but um, I always liked the song. I thought it was kind of catchy. And uh, there, you got it uh, now. It's in your inbox. And it was a Los Angeles kind of sound. And, you know, that was a very, there were a lot of other groups coming out at the time. You had Toto coming out, um, which Guns was in roses, we, of course. Well, yeah, but that's a different <laughs> genre I know. you had groups like cutting crew. You had a flock of seagulls. You had, uh, you know, Madonna had just come out. Um, and, and there was just a certain sound that was this, you remember this song,
1: this is, uh, England, English band, though. Yeah, but it was oh, that sound. It had that sound. It did. Just yeah. no, don't pay attention to the lyrics. All right. I'm telling you, well, your
2: music this hour, Tom.
0: It, it's, it, it, I'm sorry. I'm tired. Yeah. I've been, better stop it now.
1: <laughs> Save us a
0: help. FCC fine. Help, help,
2: help, help.
0: No, I mean, that was on the radio. You yeah, you're know. right. No, there's, there's no, I'm teasing.
2: There's no fun okay. here. Okay. What are you guys
0: going to get into All right, right now? You're, the, you're starting to warn here, here's, here's the next one. Let's get it, let's yeah, get it back Mike. on, get it back on track here. We're not <laughs> the one picking the music here. I, <laughs> I know. Now, I, I was introduce, trying to <laughs> cause a diversion. It's
3: a, it's a simple concept, but... It's it's a really uh, interesting way to view money and spending money. Um, so it it, it 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 was an article fire, fire nope no 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 absolutely not. Um, this is an article in Barrons um, and it's the reverse four percent rule. So everybody, let me back up. You most people have heard about the four percent rule. If you listen to this show, we've talked about it before. Withdrawing four percent from your portfolio is kind of a rule of thumb, but it takes fine tuning. This is the reverse 4% rule. So when you're calculating the 4% rule, it's real simple. You say, okay, you have X amounts of say a million dollar investment portfolio. A 4% withdrawal rate is 40,000 a year. So you multiply it to very simple. Now, if you flip that, and so you have an expense, let's say, Ten thousand dollar expense, and you divide that by four percent, comes out to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now, so All right, ten thousand. Know, bear with me here. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you the application here in a
1: second. Tom's going to sleep on you, Mike. I give you application. So so <laughs> the application. So the two fifty. It takes two fifty to earn the $10,000. takes two hundred fifty
3: thousand to earn the ten thousand. Now. Think of this in terms of part time work in retirement. Ah Ah,
0: what is your job worth? See the application here. Your job could be worth a million bucks a year to you or uh, not a million bucks. It could be worth a million bucks invested for you if you could make forty thousand bucks. That's a great point. I'm glad I thought of this. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Words of wisdom from Tom Dupree.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I will give you the credit. This is this is absolutely true. People do not understand what it takes in terms of invested capital to produce what you could make uh, by just working an, an extra – you know, some, some people can do this, and you know what? It'll actually keep you from getting bored. It'll It'll give, may give you a reason to get out of bed in the morning, and they are looking for skilled people. They are looking for people in their 60s and 70s because there's a lot of positions that are not being filled, and they know that these people at these ages have a good work ethic that the younger kids might or might not have, you know, People, I've said this to a lot of older people, and older means my age and ten years either side of me. Um, you ought to think about continuing to work. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I could never find a job. They don't want people like me. Are you kidding me? They are. <laughs> they, you know, I told one lady you could make. A, you could go out there and make a hundred thousand dollars a year next week. She just kind of stared at me like, you know, so what? Under your scenario, 100 grand would be worth two and a half million That's right. invested, you know? So why not consider this?
3: Exactly. So let me go down just kind of an example. Um, so let's say somebody can work five hours a week at $50 an hour. Right. Some kind of consulting gig, you know? You're an engineer or you're 50 hours
0: of work at $5 an
3: hour or that too. I don't know. I don't, I would consider that first. Yeah. Um, So what that works out to uh, would be $10,000 a year if they worked for 10 months. So five, five hours a week for 10 months, $10,000 a year. Let's say that that person has a $2 million portfolio. That's the numbers they use for this. Well, a 4% withdrawal rates, $80,000 a year. Right. That extra $10,000 that they earned, because they don't have to draw it out, yeah. that would take $2.25 to earn that same amount. Yes. Yeah, so that part-time job is the equivalent of having an extra 250000 in your investment account. Well, let, me, let me just say Five this. Five hours a week. This, this is a yeah. quality of life thing.
0: And I'm not even talking about the money right now. But you need to get paid something because it shows you did something. <clears throat> and I'm not one big on well just go do volunteer work. listen I'm not knocking volunteer work. there's a lot of volunteers out there that do things but I'm talking about also being a part of the paid economy and here's why. number one, there are young people out there who need mentors in jobs. They're not training people like they used to. you know they you as an older person who's worked, you could really be helpful young people trying to learn a business, a trade, something like that. Now, I know a lot of folks, they're tired of running their own little business or whatever. You don't have to run your own business. You could maybe work as sort of a quasi-consultant to some other business, not have to worry about making payroll and these sorts of things. I get it. Some people don't want to keep thinking about doing that. But at least to have you know some some sort of engagement. and I'm saying this primarily to people right now, say 55 and over. There is a whole group of younger workers out there starting in their twenties and moving up that don't have mentors. They don't have people to tell them this is kind of the right way you do this. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself, but this always worked for me. No young guy or per- girl wants to be told you got to do it this way. And you can't ask questions. That's just goes against human nature. People don't like to be commanded to do this. They like to be given examples and then they make the decision. If you're an older person who has had a job and worked it. And now at this point, you're not that worried about doing it anymore. You could go back into the workforce with actually the, a better attitude about it than maybe you had when you were design, dying to get out of it, and go back and help some of these younger people who really need direction. Now, uh, we can only do so much because a lot of people don't want to hear it. They, they, you know, you're going to get stuff. There's going to be times people won't respect you the way you think you need to be respected they won't do this they won't do that they'll disappoint you and at the same time snub their nose at you that's okay if you've lived enough of life it's not okay but it's not fun but it's something you'll go through but there could be some rewards for it on the other side right you've seen it i mean you know people who you deal with retirees all the time, you know. We, you know, what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Some of them just quit, don't do anything. Sometimes they kind of go downhill. We've we've seen it a million times. I, I've I've heard it more in
3: the last year, uh, probably than ever before. Um, kind of a restlessness, boredom, wanting to get out and do something from a lot of people that have that have retired. Um, I name one. He's, he's probably listening right now. Um, he found a little part-time job. He never thought it's a totally different industry. Um, but, and it's, a. I mean, he has no background in this, but he's qualified. He's personable. He shows up and he's able to earn a a nice little paycheck, spending money. Um, and, uh, and it keeps him engaged. Um, yeah, uh, mentally, physically, all that. It's just it's good for both sides of it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna tell you something. Everybody likes to get up and at the end of the day know that they did something productive. I, I mean, and 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 here's yep. the other thing. I keep talking about fishing. I go with this guy down at uh, uh, Willow Grove Marina at uh, Dale Hollow Lake. He had a business installing windows, but he loved to fish. And one of the things he noticed was every time he went fishing, his buddies wanted to go with him because they knew he caught fish. And this guy saw him at the dock one time and said, you ought to be a guide. And he said, I don't want to do that. And he kept taking his buddies fishing with him. And one day he woke up and said, wait a minute they're doing this for free and I could be getting paid to do this <laughs> and a light went on and he became a fishing guide in 2015. His name's Jeff Brown. He's down at the Willow Grove Marina at, uh, uh near Allen's Tennessee. A L L O N S it's close to living or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Livingston, Tennessee. And this guy loves fishing he's crazy about catching walleye. He thinks they're the best eating fish in the lake. I kind of disagree with him. I like white bass and flathead catfish, but you know, (laughs) who, who cares? I mean, the point is this guy is having a good time doing what he's doing and he gets to be on the lake every day, which is where, or in the winter he goes down on the Cumberland river to catch sauger. But this is a guy that is kind of living his dream. He enjoys what he's doing and he's having, and he retired from something that was really kind of painful. It was rough on his joints and knees and everything. Yeah.
3: So there, there is that out there. Yeah. And it's it, like you said, it's about being productive. That's the biggest thing. And if you can be, if you have a hobby or be productive and get paid, <laughs> even better. Because uh, think of it kind of flipping that same concept on end. Um, rather than thinking of it in terms of income, let's look at it in terms of expenses. So for every thousand dollars that you take out of a retirement asset, it reduces your annual withdrawal by $40 a yeah. year. So they use the example of a new versus used car, uh, or with these numbers is probably newer. Uh, so they have the new car at $35,000. Uh, versus a used car at $25,000, or no, no, excuse me, excuse me, $25,000 for a used car or $60,000 for a new SUV. So that extra 35000 that you're spending on the new car is the equivalent of cutting your income by $1,400 a year or $1,700 a month. So when you're weighing expenses in retirement, don't just look at it as, okay, I'm going to spend $65,000 on this new car because I've worked hard. I deserve it. Consider what that does to your withdrawals over a long period of time. If you spend that extra thirty-five thousand, that means you're going to reduce your monthly draw by $117, all else being equal. So it's the same principle that Buffett has used. You know, a thousand dollar TV it doesn't cost you a thousand dollars. You buy a thousand dollar TV at age thirty, that thousand dollars could have been worth
0: Oh, $5,000 yeah. at age 60. There was a guy named uh, Chris Davis, and he had a, a fund group called the Davis Funds. Davis, I guess, New York Venture. I guess they're still out there. But uh, he said that his grandfather uh, was a big investor in insurance company stocks, and he would say, you know, that uh, hot dog you're buying for $2 is like a <laughs> $100 hot dog. Kind of made the guy not want to eat anything, you know, because it was like, uh,
3: really? And, and that that concept can be taken to the extreme. That's what that FIRE movement does. I mean, you, yeah. you, what we were talking about in the first segment, it's all about trade-offs and balance. You know, if you're going to spend an extra $45,000 on a home because of quality of life or this or that, that's the trade-off. And that might make sense. Uh, if you're going to spend the $3.50 every day on a, on a latte, Well, depends on. I mean, it's it's all about quality. Last time you bought a
1: latte, they're about five dollars now. Okay, see,
3: it's (laughs) been a while. Obviously, more like seven or eight. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but it's which is amazing to me. But that's what they call it. It's
3: all about trade off and balance. You know, the investment approach is about balance. It's about realizing risks and knowing what you're trading off, knowing the value of something, not just the cost of something, but the value of something. Um, so the investment investments are like that. The financial planning is that. Um, the money management, how you view money. So we're not saying, uh, this is not a preaching. don't spend money, nothing like that. This is spend money properly in the context of your long-term financial plan on things that
1: are valuable to you and make sure that your spending matches your priorities your your life goals and you're not you're not uh, making thoughtless decisions on spending money they're not not uh, uh impulse buys necessarily. And I will point out the fact that you didn't know lattes were now five or six dollars means you did think about that, made that decision to make <laughs> your own at home, correct? Oh, I'm putting I'll, extra money away I'll to li- invest. I like black
3: coffee. Uh, I'm simple on that one. No, everybody has their interest, has something that they spend money on. Um, could be uh, you know, guitars could be, you know, fishing gear. It could be who, who whatever your interests are, but just think of it in terms, you know, you appreciate that purchase when you buy it because you've weighed the trade, the, 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 the trade-off for that. Um, it's not just knowing the dollar amount today. It's what the trade-off is
1: long-term. Right. That's the kind of thing you talk to people about when you're doing a financial plan with them, correct?
3: Uh, absolutely, I mean, that's that's one of the aspects, and that's that's the great thing about this business. Um, everybody is different, um, you know. Investment approaches, you know, we have the way that we invest, but it can be applied to different situations in different ways you know, financial planning, that's different depending on the client circumstances. And that's the individualized approach that we try to try to bring people in. So recap,
2: yeah, recap real quickly what you said at the very beginning, what the $40,000, I think that is like an eye-popping.
3: Yeah. So if, if you have, if you work, work part-time, it's the reverse 4% rule. If you work part-time and earn $10,000 part-time work, and you do the inverse 4% rule, which is you divide that by 4%, that comes out to $250,000. So yeah, that's and then the equivalent. The other thing
2: was the $40,000 translates to the million-dollar income off a million dollars potentially yeah yeah, that's that that was the number that just blew my mind that's the
3: standard four percent withdrawal
2: could not believe it well i hope you learned something today you've been listening to the tom dupree show with mike johnson chad sturgill and our host tom dupree we'd love to take a look at your portfolio and give you a personalized view of what your strategy might look like Call us, 859-233-0400. Go to our website, duprefinancial.com. You can schedule an appointment directly on the homepage. We appreciate you listening in the Financial Hour. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned.